Welcome to Hindsight, episode two. I'm Rashani. I'm joined by my co-host, Brandon. And we are also joined by our special guest, LSPN uh, himself, light-skinned pretty nigga. And today, we are talking about a beloved hood classic, Menace to Society. Um... Now, when I say beloved hood classic, I, 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 in hindsight, I don't know why. I don't. It's not a good movie. I'm not going to hold anything back on this. I'm not going to hold jack shit back on this. Uh, it, it's, not even, it's not even a problematic movie. It's just a really fucking bad movie. Um, but we're going to talk nice about it before we bring it down. Because when we first saw it, we thought it was the best thing in the world. Um, so with that said, Men's Society came out in 1993. Uh, it actually came out in May of 1993. Um, and it is about a young street hustler. I guess I should say this with a white voice because really this whole movie, even though it's made by black folks, it's through a white gaze. It feels like a young street hustler attempts to escape the rigors and temptations of the ghetto in a quest for a better life. It's directors were the Hughes brothers. Um, and it starred Tyron Turner, Lorenz Tate and Jada Pinkett. Um, they try and give screen credit to June Kyoto Lu who, if you don't know, is the Korean lady who was murdered at the beginning of the movie as a star of this movie. That's, that's special. Um, you know what, Ricky? When you first saw this movie, nah, you chewing. Brandon, when you first saw this movie, what were your thoughts on Menace to Society when you first saw it? Here's the thing. I know I've seen it before. I do not remember I didn't remember anything in the film. Ooh. So I I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. So Ooh. I just didn't remember. I did not watch it at all in the 2000s. It was in the 90s Ooh. last time I saw this film. This so film, I, you got to have watched it. I watched it religiously. Like, we knew it by heart where I'm coming oh, no. from. I like, saw this film one time <laughs> in the 90s sometime. Sometime in the late 90s. And... Haven't seen it since. So going back into, I remember certain parts of the film because you know they're famous parts of the film. So I knew when those things were coming up, but I hadn't seen the film in at least twenty years. So, so. you watching it and you like, how do we get to this? How do we get here? And I this think this film, this film. I mean, I don't want to go into my whole thoughts really quick, but all I'll say is this film had one, one likable character, one positive character in the entire film every single black person in the film is horrible except one person i'm really trying to figure out who i, I don't even want to know yet we gonna get there rick what were your thoughts on this movie when you first saw it so the first time i probably saw it i think i was like a kid and i watched this shit on bootlegs so i don't i didn't remember much and then i went back and watched it um probably like in the early 2000s, 2005, 2006 and shit. And like, I grew up in that area. Like when we talk about the Jordan Downs, that's two, that's 
two miles from my house at most. Uh, when it, like the hospital, this nigga that they show in the front of um, when he gets shot, like that's Killer King. Like that's mm-hmm. four blocks from my old place. Like there's so much of this that reminds me of my own personal experience, and I'm biased as fuck, honestly. Like. I'm just not even gonna bullshit you. Like the whole even seeing a dead body. The first time I saw a dead body, I was younger than Kate. And it wasn't like I saw anybody get killed. I like I was walking to the fucking uh I was walking to my grandmother's house from my with my mom and I was maybe about two or three and like we hit the corner and the nigga was dead. Like had nobody got there yet. Like <laughs> it's just that simple. So like I again I'm biased as fuck. Like I see myself in this movie. I see my friends in this movie. I see a bunch of people who are growing up in it. Like, Brandon, you said all the black people are terrible in this movie. It's the environment that's terrible. They're growing up in a war zone. Like, we don't, we don't look at it through that lens, but that's what it is. You're growing up in a fucking war zone. Like, everybody's right, trying to know uh, how they my live. My point is, even in a war zone, there's good people, right? Like, I'm from Baltimore, so sure. like, I get it. But like every character that had a speaking role in this film, there was nothing positive about any of them. Not a single one except one character. That's it. Yeah, it's not entirely true. But okay, I, I disagree. But we'll, we'll, like, we'll like get Kane into that is later. The, Kane is the protagonist, right? You're supposed to root sure. for Kane. I let me say, maybe it's just me. There was nothing about Kane that wanted me to root for him at all. Nothing. And I know people that's from those years, but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, they the the synopsis said that he was trying to make a better life for himself, but at no point in the movie was he trying to make a better life for himself until literally, not even the very last scene. Like at no point in the movie did I think he was actually trying to be better. I just thought he was just not being cool, not being good. And I get what the movie was trying to say. It was trying to say like people are a victim of the circumstances that they grow up in and that can cause you to behave and react and look at the world in a way that's different than how people outside of that world look at it. But even within that world, there's still people, I think that to balance the story, and I don't want to keep going, but I think to balance the story, you got to have something to aspire to in a way, even if it's supposed to be despair, even if the point of the movie is to show like how desperate it is, in order to make the movie come across in a way that makes you completely understand, you have to see the other side. You can't show one side because then you don't see what the other side looks like. Yeah, but this out this is only an hour and thirty six minute movie. Like you need a three hour movie to tell that side. That's the problem. And, and all, honestly, like, like even 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 in the sense of like, ain't not being likable, like. I don't consider him unlikable. I just don't consider him, like, I consider him someone who's going through the motions and realizes at some point that the motions are going to get him fucking killed. The way that but I thought, he, the, the, the way that I looked at it wasn't that, watching it again as an adult, I was struck not by the fact that niggas were unlikable. I was struck by the youth of all the people in the movie and how they yes. were... And how they were literally, it was like watching fish in a in a tank. Like, Kane, when he was dealing with 
the police, when he was dealing with Bill Dukes, when he was dealing with somebody older than him, he looked like a kid. He looked unsure. He's stuttering. He's scared. He's, he's lying on himself. But then when he's talking to white people or people that he perceived as lesser than him, he's the attacker. He's the aggressor. When he went to see his 5.0 and they're like, yo, what do you think about this car? And he's like, shut up. I was struck immediately by that. Like, why you tell that dude to shut up? He's telling you stolen goods and you like, shut up. It's somebody he felt was lower than him. And we're dealing with a situation where everybody is looking to attack somebody else. I'm telling you, I'm literally going to sound like an analyst on this shit because that's the thing that struck me the most is that everybody was trying to attack somebody else. Everybody was yes. trying to get over on somebody else. And they showed it by in the scene where they showed Chauncey getting punked up by punked out by the people in his own building and then all of a sudden he walks right out that door and he's punking out a white dude white using man, them yeah. big ass eyes and talking to him like what you doing on my porch scratching his chest and shit like he thinks the character of a gangster would do that's not Chauncey Chauncey was that dude that everybody was making fun of Chauncey was that dude that everybody was like yo wake his punk ass up and make him go answer the door but even he was going out to prey on the next person because that's what he felt he needed to do in this neighborhood the same way that Eileen's uh, cousin, when he went out to ride on 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 uh, Kane <laughs> with that stupid ass walk, where he's running across the raft like this, like nigga, why the fuck you running? Like that was this? one of the funniest scenes in the film. But um, when he's running out, he feels like he has to. He can attack. He has to attack this person in order to protect what he has. Um, Every person in this movie is trying to get over on the next person in their environment so then they can go forward. The person I felt was the only good person in the movie, strangely enough, hear me out, was the crackhead with the cheeseburger. <laughs> that not dude, the little boy. The little boy had a speaking role. What the oh, hell? No, the well, little boy. The little boy, the, the little boy is uh Timmy or whatever his name is. He's he's exempt. Yeah. But that crackhead. Nigga, he just ended up being a crackhead in the worst possible environment ever. Mm. Like, if he was a crackhead in any other place, he'd be fine. But in his one, in his two days as a crackhead, he gets beat <laughs> up by MC8 and he gets shot in the face <laughs> by by O Dog because he wants crack. From him. <laughs> because and and the thing is, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is because these are the folks that they can literally prey on over and over again. This is who Old Dog can prey on. Old Dog didn't have no fear. Now before we well, really Old Dog's go, a sociopath. Before before we really go into it, let's start off with the characters and the and and the overall role of this movie. The beginning of the movie starts with a murder. Um O-Dog and Kane are walking through the store talking with one another. The Korean folks are talking shit. Like, honestly, I'm just going to keep it 100. The Korean folks in the stores that I've had, they leave me the fuck alone. You thought I was going to say something racist, but I'm not. They leave me the fuck alone, probably because, you know, they're like, yo, I don't care what you do. But these folks were like, hurry up and buy. They must have been having a, good, a bad day. They were talking hella shit. Under their breath. So that's a, but that's a more common thing down here, though. Like yes. regionally, hurry up and buy, get super, your shit, and get out. Especially yeah, after especially the riots, in LA. everything. Especially, especially after the, in LA. Yeah. So after the riots with uh, Rodney King and everything, I know that they're no more before like, that. Even before that, that was when that girl got shot. Sixty-five. No, no, no. In sixty-five. And that's why they started the riots. Riots in sixty-five. Yes, mm -hmm. but that's the thing is that everything is. If you understand like the history of LA. Like the movie makes a hell of a lot more sense. You have to be a lot more contextualized and like 
what's going on than most people. And I think that's what makes it kind of a difficult movie to, to watch. Like once you get older, because like when you're young, you just going off of the, and it's new, the like you going off of the sensation, the gangster yep. shit. But like as you get older, like I'm I'm watching this shit and I'm like, yo, no wonder like, no wonder this nigga's cane is fucked up. Like you just watch somebody kill your kid, your your uh, you just watch your father kill somebody at like what five six? Yep. And Hard then, part in the and movie. Then, yeah, and then. And then what was the key word? That wasn't the first time I saw that wouldn't be the last time I saw. Him. So like that's a regular occurrence. So again, you growing up in an you growing up in an area where that's that's par for the course. And that's what they were trying to show. It just so like the fact that nobody was a good character was the fact that like they were all functioning as as products of their environment. Mm-hmm. Right. My issue like, and this is a great point to bring up, and this is the point, uh I think this is a perfect part of what my issues with the film are. And I'm talking about is like I'm speaking of this part in like a critical standpoint like as a critic mm-hmm. not as um as what because i understand what they were trying to get across right so like if you take a step back and not look at it that way and just look at it from a thousand feet above like you can see the story that they were trying to present but here's mm-hmm. my issue right so like that that scene with the um the scene with the with the korean with the korean and the koreans in the store with the korean people and then, like ten minutes into the, like not too long into the movie, you had the scene with the white guy, right, with with Chauncey. And those things are connected to me in a way because, and this is not in the movie. I'm talking about how it's shot and how it's directed. So the movie presents this as the Korean people are supposed to be racist for checking in on O Dog and Kane while they're in the store, right? But if you watch the movie. And then what happens afterwards, and then what happens after that as you go forward, you're made, you're led to believe that like this isn't the first time that something like this has happened in that in those people's stores. So they're acting a certain way because they've had it before. But that's not what they're trying to get across. What they're trying to get across is that black people, those black people are being racially profiled in the store. But that's not how it was shot, right? And so then in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you see four people get killed, right? So then you fast forward to the part where the white dude shows up with Chauncey, and one of the things Chauncey says to him is, what's wrong with you? You racist? You scared to come in this neighborhood at night? And as a person watching the film, I'm like, I watched this movie, and in the first 10 minutes, I saw four people get killed. Yes, I'll be scared to come in this neighborhood at night, right? But it's not supposed to be presented that way. It's supposed to be presented as the white person comes in this black neighborhood, and he's racist, and that's why he doesn't want to be in this neighborhood. Not that it's actually dangerous. And so I understand what they're trying to get across, but how it's shot is done. But I think what you're looking at, you're looking at it from like an over, like an overseer's view in the sense that like, no, that white guy didn't see what the fuck happened. Like that white guy saw none of those four people get killed. None of them. Like that didn't happen as far as he's right. concerned. So like, that's not really... In, in that scene, or in that scene, it's not really relevant. You're just trying, like, you, there's sometimes where a story pieces things together in a certain way um, as to kind of just drop nuggets. And I think that's kind of like the way that this was shot and edited is you would drop nuggets here and kind of see, like, different points and perspectives because this is such a large and overreaching issue. Honestly, like, the he should have probably, like, the part where he got shot uh, the first fucking time should have been the end of the movie. And we should have had a sequel. And a third. 
Like, but the way black movies get shot, like you only got one shot at this motherfucker. So you got to tell the whole story the first time. You don't get you don't get the the freedom to cook like that. Like that 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 this very easily could have been a fucking trilogy. There's more substance in it than Hangover. That shit got a trilogy, cause like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's true. Like I, it, that's the thing is that we get put in this position where we're having to cram all this shit into like to tell a theme and to have to tell people have to explain to white people what's going on. Because again, we already we already know to to some degree. Like I, I the. The, fir- the first time I watched this shit, like I said, I don't really remember. I didn't remember shit. It was on bootleg. Like, it was fuzzy, nigga. Like, this was 93. <laughs> like, it is what it is. But, like, 2005, 2006, when I looked, when I actually watched this shit again, and I was like, yo, this is basically a hodgepodge of my childhood. My grandparents were the, were the people who had those parties. Now, granted, they wasn't, they wasn't like, dealing drugs to do it, like my, but, like, my, my uh, mom's cousins and shit, like, my second cousins and shit, like, them niggas was, them niggas was dope dealers, them niggas was bangers, like, it, that's what I grew up around. And so, like, that, it, it, I get, it's, it's almost a nostalgic thing for me, and that's why, like I said, I'm so biased with it, because I have so much more context for it. Well, it's not biased, it's just that you you lived it, right? So that's not necessarily, that's not a bad thing. Like that's, because cause here's, my thing is, and I know I get back to Rashani, but my thing with this is from that perspective is you said one thing that stuck out with me and that's kind of what I took from it, is that to me, this movie was made for white people. Like, yeah, it wasn't, but most it wasn't made, for, made for white people. Cause it, cause, but this movie particularly, because this movie was particularly trying to tell a story. It was It was trying to tell a story about like, why some of the people in these areas are the way they are, right? That was the ultra overarching theme of this, and it was directed towards white people because we already know for the most part. Right. So what, when you're telling that thing. story, you got to tell that story in a way to make people feel the point that you're trying to get across. And so if I put myself in a white person's mindset watching this movie, nothing about this movie makes me feel bad for any of the people except a couple in the film because of the way that it's shot. But as a black person, I get all the things that they're trying to say, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I can agree with that, but I think that like anytime you have a major movie release, especially in Hollywood, um, and especially before like t- 2010, you had, to, a, you had to tell a story that was really for black people, but gear it towards a white audience so that it would sell so that you would actually so that the next time another movie came up another movie idea came up like you didn't just have the blacking of uh back of black people to say that oh well you know we can get this movie made and we can sell a lot of money because no studio's gonna give a fuck honestly they didn't at that time and they really to uh, to a large degree still don't they're trying some of them kind of sort of and but that's always a balance. I don't. I don't know any hood movie that really wasn't though, around that time. Boys in the Hood too. I mean, like they're all trying to tell a story. I feel like there was more positive characters or, in Boys in the Hood though. Uh, yes and no. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Stacy is basically Ricky. He was talking about going to Kansas. Yeah, Ricky ain't getting got off the hood. Kids. <laughs> I, I do want to say that. They were like, they made Stacy have like, I don't know how many kids they said he had. They just mentioned <laughs> that he had multiple kids. 
I don't know why they brought that up. It had no bearing to the rest of the movie. They just wanted to say this yeah. black dude had multiple kids. So then when uh, there's things, look, y'all taking this Wait, way too seriously. Their shit mirrors that don't make sense. Why the fuck was yeah. he throwing up after he got out of, out of jail? Why was that scene in there? Why was I that scene that, in there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why was that scene in there? Panic <laughs> attack. I definitely had that. Nobody knows. But look, that's another thing I wanted to say. In all seriously, when that nigga went to jail, he wasn't acting hard. He was not acting hard at all. He was acting scared, but trying to act like he wasn't showing it. Like, mm-hmm. when I look at this movie, and this is way more serious than I expected this episode to be, because I got shit to say. Um, a lot of these people that were in this movie, this is their first role. Their two leads, Tyrin and O-Dog, uh, Tyrin and Lorenz Tate, both of them, this is their very first big role in film. Um, mm-hmm. And you can almost tell by the way that Tyrin handled every situation. He wasn't, he didn't know how to act. He didn't know how to act in these situations. So he acted the way that he would act in these situations if he was encountered by it, because he's actually, isn't he a Cali boy? Um, so yeah. he, he reacted the way he reacted in these situations. When he was like, hey, homie, I don't think you know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I would have handled that situation. You find it, you take off, and you stomp the shit out of him. That shit was real to life for me. The only problem that I have with this movie is the fact that it was so fucking badly done. It was so badly done. The people in the film made me feel for the people in the film. The quotables in the film, I'm right there with them. The people who showed up in the film, I'm right there with them. But the choices they made in putting this movie together did not make sense. Why the fuck do we have so many cutscenes in this goddamn movie? Why do we have so many stitched together scenes in this movie? Why do we have him going and warping from place to place in this movie like it's, there's no thought behind it. And it's mm-hmm. just like he closed out a scene. Like I said, the first half of this movie is literally like Grand Theft Auto. I counted six cutscenes where it just faded to black and just went to the next thing, where he would just explain what happened. I thought I'd feel bad about murdering somebody, but instead I found out that I could kill a man and I could do it again, fade to black. Why are we doing that? Why can't we put together a cohesive scene? Why are you making it where his grandparents, the only thing they do, I mean, and I, I mean, I understand why as a person who has black grandparents, I understand why. The, the preaching keeps happening. I understand the preaching aspect, but why the fuck you make the, the grandmother so silent? In my black family, in my household, my grandma was not the silent one in the household. My granny was the one with the paddle on the wall, like, nigga, I wish you would say another motherfucking word. And so, like, I know that there might be households somewhere, but Rick, how was your grandma? Uh, my my grandmother was like, she was, she was quiet until she she wasn't, Mm -hmm. she was quiet until she wasn't. So like she would say something, she would be very soft about it. But then if she had to take action, she was on some Theodore Roosevelt shit. Speak softly, carry on some, like (laughs) the irony, the irony of me going into the Navy and being stationed on the USS Theodore Roosevelt with a grandmother like that shit is just leaps and bounds so seeing the grandmother and she was just silent throughout all that child talk and all that kind of it it, it was like in in this neighborhood with it no yeah no. that's not most grandmothers that's not 
I don't, but like I did think they did a good Lord. job of contrasting the grandparents with Mr. Butler. Like I thought that was done well because they were preaching so much about religion, and Mr. Butler was like, "Hey, man, it's not just religion; it's like these other things." But Rashani's right. It's my issue with this film is because I had a lot. I laughed at this film a lot. Like I was live tweeting it because I thought it was funny as hell. Um, like when, like the scenes where he was supposed to be shot and supposed to be hurting and pain, I was like, I'm supposed to feel bad for him, but I'm just laughing because the acting's so bad <laughs> in, this, <laughs> in this part. Because he's like trying to be supposed to be spitting up blood and stuff, but he looks so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm supposed to feel bad, but the acting's just too bad. But yeah, I thought they did a good job. I think it's just bad VFX. I thought, the the I, I thought it was frozen slushy. I didn't know what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, was. I, that was just bad. That was, that was just like bad visual effects. Like, we're, but we're also judging it with twenty twenty eyes. Like that's not in ninety three. Hey, but but sort of. this is yeah. hindsight. This is yeah. hindsight. That's what we're supposed to do. We judge it with twenty yeah. twenty eyes, and yeah. it looks like niggas ain't never got shot before. Also, I did yeah. take notes. One thing that I do want to say that broke my heart is the fact that Sharif died before he ever fully realized that all he wanted to do was fuck a white woman. Um, Sharif's dad told him, "Nigga, you gonna go to Kansas and get you a white woman? I can see it in you." And the fact that Sharif was just like praying to that white porcelain god, like he was so hard up for being a Muslim that his dad just knew this is a facade that you're going through, bro. You're you're too deep into it because you're looking for something to believe in, just like your homies are trying to find something to believe in. This is what you're believing in right now. How long is it going to last? That's what I took from his conversation with Mr. Butler, is that Mr. Butler's like, yo, if this is what works for you right now, if Allah is what works for you right now, I'm all for it. But nigga, be real. You about to move to Kansas and change up again. And I feel like if there were cutscenes or, or if there was a director's cut of this, they would have been like, remember, remember when, when the pop music came out and you thought you were a new edition, nigga? Then remember you was on the corner trying to sell rocks. And then remember you was doing this, this, and this. And then you went to jail for a little while. And now you're with Allah. Okay, cool, nigga. What's next? Um, I feel like the well, hell, you're missing one thing about that, Rashawn. I know you particularly would find funny. They said Sharif was going to Kansas to play football. Nah, they said Stacy's going to play basketball. They said can't. They said Stacy's going to play football. Sharif's just going. Sharif well, one of them just, was. They said one of them was going to Kansas to play football. Yeah, not Stacey. not not Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Kansas Jayhawks. Oh no, football. no, dude. When you say Jayhawk, I don't think it was Kansas Jayhawks. I just think they were going to maybe a junior college in in Kansas that recruited them to yeah. play football. Yeah, because um, like you got to remember, niggas ain't even if you were if you good, you're not always that good, and you mm-hmm. sometimes just don't show up to fucking class because you a knucklehead anyway. Like, yep. I know niggas like that. Like, at, ooh, let me not let me not name names. Um, right, because I know <laughs> I know many of them. Shout out to Shit. the punk ass um, niggas who could have been great but just could not go. Could not do that last thing that needed to be done to be grateful. Yeah. So when you get that 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 first of all, when you get that scholarship, nigga, it's like okay, this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to I'm about to go here, and you telling everybody about it. Nigga, you need to come to Kansas with us. You need to do this. What are you gonna do in Kansas? What what the fuck do I got in Kansas? I don't know, but I'm about to play football, nigga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just like at least you got a couch to sleep on for a little bit, so you can get on your hustle. That's like that. But that's that's how desperate niggas get. Like, oh, nigga, you going to Kansas for school, nigga? Let me sleep in your dorm for like three weeks so I can go 
slay some, give me some little a little spot on the side. Like that's 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 the goals for them, and that's fucked up. Like we don't even talk about that's the fact that's just goals. Yeah, so Rashani, just to get away from that environment, and actually have the opportunity to uh, see something different. Like there's a lot of niggas that I, I know. I went I was, to war. I was just, I went to war for this shit. Like literally went to war, nigga. And I was just about hood. to say, I was watching people when I was driving yesterday. I was struck, and it was such a heartbreaking strike. I was driving down the street and I saw a nigga walking across the street from the liquor store by my grandma's house into some apartments that I know they used to be called Danger Island. And as I'm watching him walk across the street, I'm thinking not only does this nigga probably walk everywhere he goes, but due to the fact that he walks everywhere he goes, his whole life is in these five square blocks. He don't even know about what's going on in the north side. Yep. He don't know nothing that's going on in another state. Yeah, All he knows is five square blocks. And I'm yep. thinking when you put that towards menace, there's a lot of niggas who you're like, okay, these folks probably ain't seen much more than Watts. They ain't seen much more than where they are right now. And that's yep. just like, when you think about it, this movie shouldn't be as funny as it is for how heartbreaking the whole scenario. Yes. This is the bleakest yeah. comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. Because why the fuck did that nigga share that video with everybody? Yes, I wrote that too. I said, he's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. Yeah, he's a sociopath. Yeah, he's but, a sociopath. But that's the thing, right? Like he's he's the one person who you're like he's a sociopath. He's dangerous. He has no desire to get out. He has the only desire that he has is to succeed at what life has given him. And unfortunately, it's being a sociopath. And hey, he's a, he's cool the, with it. The second question I have is okay. He's yeah. Old dog's a sociopath. Every nigga I knew wanted to be down with old dog. But here's the second question that I have. How the fuck did everybody get copies? I know these niggas ain't stacking VCRs on top of VCRs. Oh, no, he said it. He said, I'm going to stop making it. Yeah, I know he is. But there's niggas who, hey, when, when Kane goes in there to buy the crack, the niggas like, hey, you set this up yourself. I'm about to go watch this video. Like, everybody has access to the video. How? Who are you? Nigga, it's the a murder tape. The it's murder the Nigga, the same way I got Minister Society True. in '93 on bootleg. Hey, you want it's not it's not no different. Exactly. Do you know so, how much we, nigga really? All them fucking uh, hood tapes they used to sell the the bum fights. The people love that shit. Mm-hmm. As much as fine as it's kept, people love that shit. One of the things I wrote down. Had the R. Was Kelly that, tape going around. Pedophilia. That's true. They had, R. Kelly had pedophilia circulating the projects. Circling everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you where, where where I knew where it was. That's it. Like they uh, one of the things I wrote down was that like East Coast, Northeast uh, poor and West Coast poor is so different, but it's the so it's the same at the same time. Like, cause like the lifestyle of living, like, cause here's the thing: somebody grew up in Baltimore in the city. Like, people looked at the West Coast movies and be like, "This is supposed to be poor. They got houses. They got yards. They got." Like they got driveways, they got trees and stuff. And then, but if you watch the films, it's still all the same shit, just in yeah. a different environment. And, and so the only difference you, is, it's like when the shit got built so and what you, got yeah, built then. When you watch it, you go, it's different, but it's the same. Like it's the same lifestyle, it's just a different lifestyle. If that makes sense. All right, now that we got the serious part out of this, out of the way, hold on, please. 
man, you got some money or not. Oh, man, come on, man. Why you hook me up this time? Man? Nigga, you crazy. Fuck you up. Get the fuck out of here, man. Check this, check this out, man. I got these burgers, man. They some double cheeseburgers. Man. Nigga, I just Get ate. Man, man, I just come ate, fool. I don't want no motherfucking cheeseburger. If you ain't got no money, you just asked out. Call this motherfucker. Yo, dog, hurry up. Come on, man. Come on, man. Wait, 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 man. Man, 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 I suck your dick. Come on, man. Just hook me up. What the fuck Come you on. just say, nigga? Man, I said I suck your dick. Come on, man. Let's get fucked. Ah! Damn. <laughs> My poor nigga, the crackhead. Oh, crack no, you head. cut off the best part. No, I did not. I suck on that bitch-ass trick. Oh, dog, what the fuck you doing? Yo, dog, hurry up. Any of y'all want a hamburger? What's wrong? You don't want no hamburger? I don't want a motherfucking hamburger. It got cheese on it. First of all, <laughs> sociopath. Sociopath. But, sociopath. But but that nigga wasn't the first nigga to beat up that crackhead. That's what I'm saying. AWACS, who yeah. was who was uh played by MC8. From what I hear, MC8 literally ad-libbed all of his lines. No shit. Yeah, I'm not even. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, he had lived every one of his lines. Um, a, That's a, a content wax, nigga through and through. A wax had punched that nigga in his stomach just the day before. The crackhead had the same cheeseburgers that he had gotten after A wax jacked him for his two bucks that he was trying to bring to him for some crack. He was like, "Give me my money back. I'm gonna go get some cheeseburgers." Then he brings the cheeseburgers back because he's not hungry. He needs this fix. He goes to old dog. Yo, you want these cheeseburgers? No. You want some head? He dies. Two days of being a crackhead. I'm heartbroken for the nigga. If he was a crackhead in Malibu, this wouldn't have happened. All right, no, he'd so just be, he'd be a doctor. So, I, <laughs> all right, so I got like 10, 15 minutes for starting. So, I want to ask you some things. So, remember I said I didn't like anybody in the movie except one person? Yeah, the, better have been the crackhead. No, the only likable character to me was Ronnie. That's it. Nope, fuck her too. Look, now let's talk about Ronnie real quick. I'm glad you brought that up. Ronnie is on that early access entanglement shit because <laughs> Kane just got out of high school, nigga. Like, he literally just graduated. We don't know how old Ronnie is. So they never indicated, but Ronnie That's is literally... Ronnie is literally pushing up on that nigga like every single time, and Kane's like, no, I don't want none of this. I don't want to be a part of this. And she's like, don't go. Don't go. I'm going to block the door so you can't go. That's right. Jada Pinkett was written in to get that ass, and now it's her entire role. Not to be supportive, not to say I'm coming up. They had her literally as a hood girl who got a job finally. He teased her about the job incessantly, and all she wanted to do was fuck an 18-year-old kid. So in real life, she was 20 years old then. So I'm guessing she was about 19 or 18 in the show. Yeah, yeah. The so movie. that means, well, well, wait, okay, she has a five-year-old son, which means when Parnell got her, he was, she was like 14? Okay. Yeah. Would that surprise you, nigga? <laughs> yeah. No, that it just saddens me. In this <laughs> I mean, let, like, let's be real, but let's just assume that Parnell wasn't a fucking pedophile. Thank you. And... She's maybe 23, 25 at no most. Way, 25. At most. No I'm, I'm giving a high buffer. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Because in all honesty, it is pointing towards Parnell being a fucking pedophile and, and bopping her up when she was like 16 or 15. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. So, 
Yeah. Oh, is that uncommon? No. Is that uncommon? No, but one I, again, that's what I assume. It's it, like you said, it's the most, it's the saddest comedy ever. I assume right. he was in his early twenties. She was in her teens, and now the kid's five, and he's in his mid to late twenties. Okay, hold because on, let's do the math. Kane said you were like, no, nigga, brother. he's not. He's not. When Kane came out, Kane was when little Kane came out to sit on his lap. Little Kane was like six. Okay, but they weren't right. But he said you weren't. You guys aren't grown either. So they had to be about right. fi- between 15, fifteen and 16. Yeah. So it was like young hood niggas doing what young hood niggas do. So yep. by the time he's 17, fast forward 12 years, 28, and what, yeah, 23, like 29? 29. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't know that shit happens. Like, it's yeah, common. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. That, that could literally be the actual, which will put her at about 22, 23, pushing up on an 18-year-old, which is. Mm-hmm. No, that puts her at like 21. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. 2021, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. not a surprise. Just bleak. <laughs> yeah. I, but again, none of these things are like uncommon to me. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, this is a reminder what the fuck I grew up in. Oh, shit. No wonder, I, no wonder things are fucked up. Okay. No wonder why I always got to go to therapy. Oh, okay. This shit makes sense. No wonder why I have terrible anxiety and depression. Or it's entirely possible that she's the same age as him and she just had to drop out because she had the baby. Which would put her at 12 when she had the baby, bro. Yeah, again. No, that would put her again. at... Again. That would put her at... Yeah. 12, yeah, 13. 13. Which... 12, 13. Which, again, again not a surprise. <laughs> My stomach. I, I, knew girls in, I knew girls in at 12 and 13 that were pregnant, so it's not... Yeah. Yeah, but... And this film would do absolutely do something like that. Look at this entire film. You know, but the thing is, like, the entire film, yes, but then when you look at Parnell's part in this story, where he's like, yo, Parnell That's still loves point. you, and all this kind of stuff, like, it's... Um, That's my stunning. point about how the sh- film was shot. That's my point. I get I what they were trying to do. They just did it poorly, is what very, I was saying. I get what they were trying poorly. to do. They were trying to say like this dude, he went to you know, he went to prison, he's been in prison for a while now, and you know, he's been reflecting on some of the things he's done in his past, and he's trying to make sure that Kane don't go down that road that he went down. Right? That's I what mean, they that's what they're trying to get. Honestly, across. I feel like this movie should have been longer. Like if 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 we got thirty more minutes. Thirty five, thirty, thirty five more minutes of, of movie. Mm-hmm. All I you think had to do was just take out some of the gratuitous terribleness and put in some no, other, no, other no. side of that. No, because that's... Cause here's the thing. Let, me give you, let me give you a point, right? So you're in the third act of the film, right? So in the, th- in the third act of your film, you're supposed to have, like, the arc, like, when it changes, right? And so they have mm-hmm. the scene at the party with Jada Pinkett and Kane, right? And they have that talk, and then they kind of hook up, and it's supposed to be like... it's. And then they have the next day, and he talks to his grandparents. He's like, you know, I'm going to go... I'm, you know, I'm getting my life together. I'm gonna go be with, uh, what's the? I'm gonna go be Ronnie. with Ronnie. You know, and so they, and have they like, say don't ruin her life too. Like, damn, grandpa. <laughs> they have like, they have like ten minutes of like Kane. Like, you know what? I've had an epiphany. I'm gonna try to get better. Right now, I know this is TV sp- movie talk, but this was a movie, so I'm judging it as a movie. So he has ten minutes of like, I'm having this epiphany. Then what happens right after that? Eilina calls him and says, "I'm pregnant," and he goes. 
well, fuck you, bitch. It ain't mine. It hangs up on her. That's like immediately after. And, and I'm saying, look, I can see look. the character of Kane doing that, but the way it was shot was that he had had the epiphany before that. In, in his defense, I know a gang of niggas who would have that epiphany. It's like yeah, yeah. that epiphany is the same as that epiphany is the same as that uh, comedy routine where somebody was saying, "Yeah, white people be like, end racism now, end racism now, end racism out of my way, nigger." In the same voice, in the same breath, because Alina isn't one of his people. Alina ain't one of mm-hmm. his folks. Alina ain't one of his no. nothing. And he's like, I can treat her the way I need to treat her. In the in the nineties, even now. Niggas will be like, yo, fuck you. You need proof. And if you have proof, still fuck you. This ain't my kid. I ain't trying to do none of that. I'm going to holler at you later. Plus, she called at like 11 o'clock at night. The nigga was asleep. So, hey, I ain't got time for this. I'm going to talk to you later. And she, in his defense, (laughs) she did not have proof that it was his kid. He said he wore a condom. I had the Jimmy on super tight. (laughs) The way I look at it, Eilina didn't think this out very well. Like you no, picked I on the wrong person, you. and it really makes me feel like shit that I'm still looking at it. Like, was that his kid? I'm saying the movie <laughs> wants you to think that Kane is trying to be better, and that's the that's what the movie's trying to make you believe. Uh, and I'm I saying feel like the movie's making me believe that, that Kane didn't have no choice. Kane didn't have no other pathways but to go with Ronnie. And even Thank at you. the end, I feel like he was still like, you know what? If y'all show me one other thing that I can do than go to Kansas or go to Atlanta. I will stay here. And that's what old dog was trying to tell him was like, nigga, at that very end point when he was still talking to him, like, nigga, you shouldn't leave. You stay here. We got to do these things. Even after all of that, because look, we're, we're going way outside the bounds of where this podcast is supposed to be at. But <laughs> the murder tape that this nigga showing everybody after Chauncey gets his ass stomped out of Ronnie's party, he has a copy of the murder tape and he's mailing it to the police. So, they're going to be on the run from the cops because this murder tape is coming out one way or the other. There's no way to get around it. This nigga still wants to stay in the hood. Like, he's like, there's nothing else for me but this neighborhood. Like I said, when you walk these blocks, when you drive this neighborhood and you don't leave, this is all you know. Nigga, what the fuck is for me in Atlanta? But at the same time, at the same time, the shit, the way that it built up to that didn't make no goddamn sense. And if it happened in nowadays, niggas will be like, nah, man, you ain't about to shoot my baby daddy. You can't murder my baby daddy before I find out if he's my baby daddy or not. Like, real talk. There are certain things that really? would not... Nigga. <laughs> you think she... Oh, hold on. Now, again, a hot-headed nigga that just got his ass beat. Stop Who down. is he Stop. listening to? And he got a, beat. That nigga got Molly Watts. He got he, he got stomped out. like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like it was two <laughs> punches you. and then just stomp, 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 stomp. <laughs> Wait, stomp, 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 stomp. Wait, stomp, 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 stomp. And then O Dog stomped him out too. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Crenshaw stomp. Crenshaw stomp. But um, when the nigga, I feel like. Eileen would have been like, yo, nigga, like, I kind of like him. Don't murder him. Just go beat him up a little bit or something. But, well, he yeah. already proved he right. couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you just, again <laughs> you're talking about, we're talking about, uh, like, where everybody is perceived as being at war. And at war, you have tribes. 
And if somebody ain't in your tribe, you don't give a fuck about them. I don't give a shit if you if you her baby daddy, nigga, you ain't in my tribe. Plus, plus they all kids. Right. Yeah. Well, Rashani, you said this earlier about the cutscenes and stuff like that. And that's where I like when we do these hindsight movies, my Ooh, thing this is shit feel like Grand Theft there's Auto. A, there's a lot of things in old movies that you know, like CGI, you know, special effects, things like that, that you can you know, you can't look at through 2020 eyes. But mm-hmm. like I review movies like they made good movies in the 90s and in the 80s and the 70s and in the 60s and the 50s. Like editing and scripting and acting has been good for a long time. So like if you make a movie in 1992, that's not an excuse to not have good editing, good scripting, good acting. And being a black movie doesn't make it any more or less likely to have that either. So like those things I don't get. Well, yes and no, because we get fewer chances. We get fewer chances. I think that's part of it. Is that like in all, in all honesty, there should have been a menace to society too, and this shit should have ended at him getting shot the first time. And I mean, in all honesty, the nigga should have also been like Tupac should have been should have should have been in the movie. Like he shouldn't have had to beat somebody's ass when it's all said and done. Birdie having to show back up and whoop somebody's ass real quick because he can't get a role in this movie. They should have put all these in the MCU, like in the shared universe. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, the 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 hood the hood uh, cinematic universe, nigga. The ACU. Yes, but please. Here's the, here's the thing: Tupac was not whooping his ass. He did not beat up Alan Hughes in order to play Old Dog. He did not beat him up in order to play Kane. No, the nigga was supposed to play Sharif. Oh, Tupac. Tupac was supposed to play Sharif in this movie, and he's whooping. I see Tupac ass. and Sharif. You know what? I can see Tupac playing Sharif. That feels like that's that feels like the much more accurate role for him. Like I feel like he, like Lorenz Tate was was fucking. Honestly, I think Electric. why he was fucking amazing. Electric. A, like I, I think that's what ultimately saves the fucking film because like Kane's Kane's character is very like even as the protagonist is very um it's not bad but it's not great he's wishy-washy he's a wishy-washy like there are times where he's really really good but but that's the character though and the character is a wishy-washy gangster because it's just like you there's a it's a lot of niggas that are wishy-washy no no, the character is a wishy-washy gangster true but he does not have the gravitas to carry that role no, so he carries no, it all. No, his, not at all. Kane, no. him playing Tyron Turner playing Kane. Tyron Turner for like the next three movies was the same person. It was like watching Leon of the West Coast. Um, he played Kane the same way he played the nigga in Soldier Boys. Do y'all remember that movie? He played Soldier Boys. Soldier oh, Boys man. is a movie about a bunch of je- a bunch of juvenile hall niggas. Oh, we gotta review it. It's a ju- it's a movie about a bunch of juvenile hall niggas that for some reason they send to Vietnam to go and find uh, the president's daughter who's been kidnapped. Some kind of bullshit like that. Tyrin Turner played the lead role. He played it just like Kane. Then he left that and he went to Belly and he played Big Head Rico and he played Big Head Rico the same way he played Kane. Way. So it's the same steps until he learned nuance, which he did later on in his career. But again, this is his first big role. So in every role that he, everything he said, he talked it like he was reading a script. This is his first big role. That's the first big mistake they made was in casting Tyrin. I love him now. I love what he does now. He but in that role, he shouldn't have been the lead. And when you look at him and Old Dog side by side as first time actors, it's like goofits and gallant, nigga. Like, 
it's not a good it's it's mm-hmm. it's not his best thing when you have somebody as electric as Lorenz Tate. I remember how mad niggas were that Lorenz's next movie was the Inkwell. No, Lorenz Tate jumped off the screen. Like yeah. he was fantastic playing because the thing is you totally believed in that character, right? Yeah. It wasn't like this is fake or this is like that character, you were like, Oh yeah, that dude is a sociopath. He's acting yeah. like one. And he totally believes everything that he's saying out of his mouth in these in these in these lines, like all of them. Like it's like that that cheeseburger line is a ridiculous line. Like if you write that on paper, if you write that scene out on paper, gangster tries to the drug dealer tries to sell drugs, crackhead has no money, crackhead offers cheeseburgers, drug dealer says no, crackhead offers to suck his dick, drug dealer gets offended, shoots him, grabs the cheeseburgers, and then offers them to friends. That sounds ridiculous on paper. If I'm hungry, does it though? Again, sociopath. Also, cheeseburgers were a theme in this film. No, double burger with cheese. Double Double burger with cheese. The the fake ass uh, double double with cheese. Mm -hmm. The fake. And folks on the East Coast were literally like, "Yo, nigga, why the fuck they call it a double burger so much? Like, why they call it a double burger? In and out." But at the same time. We all have those hood restaurants, those hood fast food joints where they got the 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 drive-through sign with those letters that you could pop in and out and you just pull them out and somebody changed the double burger to be doo-doo burger and everybody laughs because you can do that shit because all you got to do is open up the window. That's where he was. That's that hood uh, drive-through. That's that hood restaurant where you could buy a hamburger or nigga, you can get a hot link. You can, yeah. <laughs> you-, you know what? If my memory serves me correctly, the one that they're at is Tams in Compton off of Rosecrans and Central. I can see the that. One, the same one. The same one. You remember where... Uh, uh, Suge Knight ran over that dude and killed him. Yep, that same Tams. That nigga, I, I've seen, I've seen or heard of a lot of niggas dying at that Tams. You don't fuck around at that Tams, okay? Hey, the food what bomb. You, what, what you do do is, is you you carjack somebody and then you stay in the car with them until they place an order for you. That was fucking right. amazing. It was just hilarious. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Let's just be real. Yo, yo, I'm a hop in the car. I'm pointing a gun at you, nigga. I'll take your Dayton's and your jewelry, and I'll take a double burger with cheese. Jeez, that was so hilarious. <laughs> that is focused, nigga. You will buy yes. me this burger. Hey, but what if I only brought enough for me? Who wants to live, nigga? So you not only lose your, you go home with no jewelry, no Dayton's, and you didn't even get a burger. Yeah, you know what's crazy though. I now the, the more I think about it, all the scenes where Terrence Taylor is not with O Dog, mm-hmm. like he's terrible in. But they have such good, but they have good chemistry together. Like when they're on screen together, it's not like O Dog is good on screen by himself. Sure, like but when they're on screen together, I think they do have good chemistry. Yo, because like were- they walked in the store, that conversation, nigga, like that's, that's a conversation. Real, like it. There's it. it don't get no realer than that. that but, was, I mean, honestly, if you put like there's certain things that you get when you put kids of the same age together in a film, because when you had we were just talking on our last episode about Above the Rim, mm-hmm. Boogaloo and Dwayne Martin did not have any chemistry whatsoever. Yes, it felt okay. like it felt like Dwayne Martin was like 
50 years old or 45 years old in real life, and Marlon Wayans was actually 19. So when they mm -hmm. talked to each other, it felt like Dwayne Martin was trying to keep up with what Boogaloo was saying with the jokes and everything, and Dwayne Martin always came off looking horrible when he tried to make a joke. Yeah. At the same yeah. time, Tyren and Lorenz are the same age. And you can see there's a scene where um, where Old Dog walks into Kane's house and Kane's grandpa's like, Kevin, sit down, which when I found out the first time his name was Kevin, I was like, damn, that's okay, Kevin. Kevin, sit down. When he comes into that scene and they slap five, Lorenz is actually throwing up a gang sign for his old hood in Chicago. Like, he sneaks that in there. It's in, And so they're walking and they're able to rap. They're able to have the same ideas. They're talking to each other. Like every person, no, every other person in this movie looked like they were like 28, 29 playing young niggas. Chauncey looked like he was like 35, 36 playing a young nigga. Too short. I know that nigga was at least like 31, 32 in this movie with that cock shotgun. Uh, What's the nigga's name? D-Dog. I think that was his name. He's old as shit. Like, everybody surrounding these niggas is young, are old, but these two niggas is young, playing young sharks in a huge tank. And so it just, it always talks to me. The conversations that they have with one another were like, yo, you gonna try and, hey, you gonna try and fuck on that girl tonight? Yo, is she coming to the party? Yeah, she coming to the party. And the one scene you see with them together where they're actually able to be kids, they talking about who they about to try and fuck on on this party that's coming up. Which is exactly uh, every, what would happen in real life. Exactly. Every other conversation they're having, they're having with somebody older. And so they're talking about stuff they feel like they need to talk about. Gangster life, selling selling crack, all this kind of stuff. What surprised me about the movie and what amused me about the movie is that Kane literally is the most proficient gangster in the movie. Yes. But he's not, he's not a hood. He's not strong at it. Like, depending on what's going on, when he was talking to Bill Dukes, that nigga shook his shit. But then when he gets out, he goes right back to selling crack and he's in control of what he wants to do. When he's carjacking, he's right back in control of what he wants to do. When he's talking to the cops, he's a scared kid again. But when he gets back out, he's right back in control of what he wants to do. And that always struck me. Like, that was funny to me. That um, I didn't think it was funny. I mean, I, 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 I think it's funny, but like... No, I don't mean funny, that's funny. Also I mean, real. No, I don't mean funny, funny. I mean, like, I'm seeing... Like, it's real and I'm seeing it. Like, it's interesting. Yeah. I say funny, like interesting, how they're like really yeah. juxtaposing that. And I don't even think he meant to. I don't think he means yeah. to act scared when he's doing these things. I think he just, this is what he's experienced and this is how he would act around these people. But then again, yeah. at the same time, when he's talking with the Koreans in the grocery store, he's like, yo, my experience that I've had with these folks historically hasn't been the great. I'm going I'm to cut my eyes at them and talk to them like, yo, just fuck these niggas. Get my change. Can you get my change? Like, Kane is always, even though he's, like, detestable in the long run of things, because of the environment mm -hmm. that he's in, he's actually the good guy in this movie. That is the crazy part of this movie. When you look yes, at everything that's that's going on yes. around him, he's the, he's the protagonist. He's the good guy. Yes, and that's my point. He does so much horrible shit. He carjacks a nigga. It's like Kylie Watson. Yes. He's like supposed the to be 90s, the good guy and above the rim. These are anti-heroes that are just popping up over and over again. But it's like, yo, I understand it. I'm just here to make fun of shit that happened in the movie. Hold on. We're sorry, oh, yeah. I got to go. But I wanted to tell you my awards. Okay. So, yep, let's go ahead and get them in real quick. Who's your MVP of the movie? Well, obviously, it's Lorenz Tate. Yeah, it has to be Odell. 
Yeah, he's. I mean, if it isn't him, it's it's MC8. Like, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I what, mean, he what? did have this song, Straight Up Menace. Got the slaps on the Petro. Yo, that hey, was like, hey. nigga, that's so often. Hey, you all right, man? You all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, niggas. Like, yo, sorry. All right, so what's your favorite quote of the movie? My favorite quote was the funniest part of the film to me was when when they rolled up on those dudes at the at the joint where they was trying to get food and they was talking to the girl to, to kill them, the people that shot Harold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one of them gets away. And the dude gets out of the car who was driving. He gets out of the car and goes, hey, homie, you need some help? <laughs> I mean, that part. Oh, yeah. Nah, MCA doing that was hilarious, but her that talking was so shit. Funny. Like, there was, there's an under, she does not get enough credit for the go home to your mammy sign. Because, nigga, yeah. the, the folks that I know who worked in those restaurants where it was like a front end shop, they talk shit all day long to one another. Like, you knew those folks. They were in the same hood as you, and y'all talk shit back and forth. Hey, hook me up some food. Hook yourself up with some breath mints, motherfucker. Like, that conversation was so real to me. Like, yeah. those kids, too, the same thing. They went out and carjacked somebody, and then they went back to their old regular life where they're kids, just being kids, talking to this girl that they know, stanking-ass bitch and all that kind of stuff. That's – yo, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um what was your uh, favorite scene in the movie? My favorite scene was the interrogation scene because I just love Bill Duke. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bill Duke looks like a, somebody you don't want to fuck with, like especially as he's a cop. Like I'm like I'd be shit talking to Bill Duke too. Look at him. Yo, can I ask you a question though? This is one thing that I don't think is defendable. I don't know why it happened, but when I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Why the fuck was the red light special light on while he was interrogating that nigga? <laughs> Why was why was that light red? Like why exactly <laughs> everybody's got that red sheen on them and shit? Like what exactly was the reason for that light? Nobody could explain that part to me. But that you know you done fucked up line is probably one of the most iconic lines yeah, in up, right? black movie history. Like you know you yeah. done fucked up. Niggas will say that to their kids right now. You know you done fucked up, don't you? Yeah. And don't even know yeah. why at this point in time. They just say it. But the one that was iconic to me, the scene that got me was Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson came into this movie and was like, let me show y'all motherfuckers how this shit is done. Sat down his tat and punked the shit out of an entire household. It was he was just, so good. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson was electric as shit. And the fact yeah. that Kane is his son has to be just a wandering disappointment to that nigga. Like, this how you this how you turned out? This this how you turned out, huh? Damn. Like, the nigga had his eye all squinted down so his eye was halfway closed. Like, his shit got cut out or something. Like, Samuel L. Jackson was a gangster as fuck in this movie in his five to ten minute role that he had. Um, what do you think aged the best in this movie? The soundtrack. Cool. Hey, shout out to what was the girl's name that you know it, you know it, you know that you've been played. Get out my face. I wish she had put more music out than just that one song. Um, and what didn't age well to you? Just two things. Just like I just thought it was too I thought it was too much on that one end. Like it was it just came off like a nineties gangster film. And I know it was a nineties gangster film, but I mean like I've seen other ones that kind of have a balance. I talked about this earlier. I just didn't think this had any balance. I think it was too much on like the sensationalism and not much on the not as much substance 
uh, as it could have been. The two things that I thought didn't age well, first of all, Willie Lump Lump. What the fuck is Willie Lump Lump? I still don't know what Willie Lump Lump is. Nobody can explain it to me. I went looking for Willie Lump Lump on, on Google, and nobody knows what Willie Lump Lump actually is. Um, so that didn't age well to me at all. And the second thing that I know didn't age well. You know is, what? I know who would know, too. I need to call my mama and ask her. Call your mama. Call your mama up. Real talk. I swear. I swear. If, to, she used to use that shit all the goddamn time. If Miss Hines can tell me who Willie Lump Lump is, I will be... Who? If your mama Ooh. can tell us who Willie Lump Lump yeah. is, yeah. I know Miss Hines. Hines. Miss Hines is your wife. Yeah, my no, fault. that's Mrs. That's Mrs. But you know. Yeah. Look, yeah. fuck y'all niggas who was like Miss and Mrs. I'm yeah. like, yo, I, I can't get that shit right in my face. But anyways, the second that's thing that fine. didn't, I don't give a shit. She don't give a shit. You get the point. The second thing that didn't age well at all is using R. Kelly music for love making, or just having R. Kelly music in your movie at all. Yeah, that's yeah. Cause they were yeah. playing that that honey love song, and I was like, ooh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And and they playing it while I thought that she was like twenty three, pushing up on a seventeen, eighteen year old or something. And yeah, right. That was a again. Yeah. That's the album he made for Aaliyah. Yep. Yeah. The growing CD. He told us the entire time, son. He was telling himself to. Th- my mind's telling me no. Mm-hmm. My body. Bodies telling me yes. Mm-hmm. I've right. never had that feeling with an adult woman. He really has a, a, consens- a consenting adult. You know what I mean? Like that's just not a feeling you have. But the point where um, I have a couple of uh, quotes that just made me laugh. Um, the point that the part where Chauncey, after Ronnie and Kane do have sex, and Chauncey is still out there waiting for Ronnie so then he could push up on her. That's one thing that I do think um, uh, did age well is black men standing up for black women in situations where black women are in danger. I think that needs to happen more. Uh, Chauncey mm-hmm. was straight up being rapey as fuck right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kane pistol whipping the shit out of him was fucking A1 since day one. Um, for real. I also think that the graduation party uh, playing uh, George Clinton's Atomic Dog, undefeated. I feel like every house party has Atomic Dog playing in the background. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that I didn't like about this movie is that it had to have been done. The subtitles had to have been done by a white person. Of course. Because when you have the subtitles playing in this movie, it says that Snoop Dogg is playing in the background when it's Atomic Dog. Uh, so oh y'all, God. yeah, so they get the gas face for that shit. Um, I feel like the, the white guy being scared to be in that neighborhood aged well or did not age well because now, uh, gentrification, uh, they trying their hardest to buy into Compton and buy spaces out of Watts, uh, piece by piece. Englewood, especially Englewood mm-hmm. the last 10 years, really hard. Ooh, Lord. And also, what did not age well is a joke that Chauncey made when he was getting up to get the door uh, to talk to the scared white nigga or the scared white guy. Turn this shit off. Hey, wake that fool up and answer the door. Yo, man, what's up? Man, get your bitch ass up and answer the door. Got a baby doll and shit. 
Cause I like little girls, nigga. Where your sister at? <laughs> Where your mama at, nigga? <laughs> Shit did not do well at all. Um, Rick, hold on. This is probably your favorite line in the movie. I've seen lots of people killed before, but I ain't never done it myself. I mean, I never had a reason to. But when they killed my cousin, I knew I was gonna kill them. Hey, man. So you like my little tape, don't you? Yeah, that shit was cool, nigga. Yeah, Love and happiness. You should have came to the wax point. Yo. Much better. Oh, I love this scene. I really do. Oh, oh, oh dog, nigga. No, I'm larger than that nigga, Steven Seagal. I'm gonna be a big ass movie star. Out that shit. Look, nigga. I told you to stop showing the fucking tape. And why you keep on bitching about my tape, man? <laughs> damn, ain't shit gonna happen. All right? All right? Damn. And we just gonna find these little marks and smoke them. Shit ain't that hard. As long as it ain't no crowd. Look, I'm not killing no kids on the old folks, all right? <laughs> hey, man, who the fuck gonna be old out there at 12 o'clock at night, man? Shit, nigga, I smoke anybody, nigga. I just don't give a fuck. Shit, I'm gonna hit this shit, nigga. Look, all right, not me, all right? I'm not killing no kids. And you know what, nigga? You acting like a little bitch right now. You acting real paranoid and shit. Now these motherfuckers smoked your goddamn cousin in front of you, nigga. Blew his head off in front of your face, and you ain't gonna do shit? You acting like a little bitch right now, nigga. Man, fuck that. I ain't letting that shit ride. We gonna go ahead and smoke all these motherfuckers. I don't care who the fuck out there. God damn it. Is you down, nigga? Man, both of y'all shut the fuck up. Both of y'all acting like some motherfucking bitch shit. Scared to kill these punk ass niggas cap. Man, get my motherfucking joint, nigga. <laughs> seen lots of people killed the fact that again it feels like two kids hyping each other up one kid yep. ain't as ready as the other kid and then the person who's actually put in work is like both y'all niggas shut the fuck up before i turn this motherfucking car around and give my guy exactly. back and they said exactly. they said at the beginning that awax was older than everybody else and he had put in work for so long that now he was just there to see other people put in work so these two niggas this probably I know we know that this is Kane's first big hit. This Kane's first big uh, murder or whatever. Old Dog just did one previously, but we don't know what other work he had put in before this. But A Wax is like, nigga, neither one of y'all are at my level. So y'all need to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up when grown folks are talking. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they still like you got to think about it at like 17 18 like you just coming into yg status like you just getting into that like yg you like niggas still looking at you like you a bg mm-hmm. and i mean and when you in the presence of a real like you in the presence of an actual g nigga, like i you know all that yg bg shit that you used to do he ain't on it mm-hmm Nigga, matter of fact, give him my joint back because you babysitting the motherfucker. You don't even know it because you offering it to this nigga back here while you talking. Nigga, give my joint back. It's been too long. Give me that shit back. Exactly. You over here trying to hype each other up and shit to go commit murder. Nigga, go get high and just leave me the fuck alone. Give me my shit back. <laughs> one of the Thank things that I goddamn much. One of the things that I really did like was uh, Anthony in this movie. I thought that he was. I think I thought that they really did show the pureness of a little kid. Uh, in his environment, and this scene right here kind of reflects it. 
football player and get boxing? <laughs> what you think? I'll whip your ass. Anthony, what did I tell you about your mouth? What? Why are you tripping? What do you mean, why am I tripping? Because he's five years old and he has no business talking like that. Well, you gotta be hard growing up out here. Kane, that has nothing to do with being hard, okay? Because he gets that crap from you, dog, and that fool, Stacy. Well, Pinnell showed me what's up. And is that something to be proud of? And speaking of his father, I got a letter from him today. He asked about you. For real? What's he up to? Nothing. Lifting and trying to read every book in the library. When I'm done in here, I'll get you your letter. All right, cool. Look, I'm going to be in a room your son ass in this game. I mean, we going to box and shit. I, I mean, you know, a little something. Come on, Ann, let's just... I know that little yeah, nigga. Yeah, I love that clip. That little nigga was me. I know that little nigga. <laughs> I was about to say, I know that little nigga. Like, yo, everybody else talking like this. And it was interesting to me to see that that Jada's acting, Anthony's yeah. acting, Tyrone is in Mac mode. Hey, what'd he say? Hey. Like, I just feel like if they had anybody else, like, if you could recast this, that role in 93, who would you have had play Tyron Turner's role? Who would you have played Kane? He's a quick. I could see that. But him and but but him and eight wouldn't. They wouldn't have gotten along. Yeah, they nah. were funking big time. And that would have and that would have that would have that would have threw off the chemistry. Cause I think like Lorenz's Energy, I think he kind of fed off of eight a little bit when they was in scenes together. So, like, yeah, fuck. I, mm, mm, mm. I'm really trying to think of young folks that you know from back at that time in 93 who really could have set it off in this movie. Yeah, I mean, Shit, that's part of maybe that's why that nigga was cast because it's, it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could you Dad, see Lorenz Tate? Playing, could you see I mean, Lorenz you found Tate a couple playing? Gym. Could you see Lorenz Tate playing Kane's role and Kane and and Tyren playing O Dog's role? Okay. Uh, yeah, because I think from an emotional standpoint, like I I think it probably would have turned out better. Because I think Lorenz is a little bit better at tempering his emotions at that time. That's why he could do that, the inkwell, uh, whatever you think yeah. of it. But, like, yeah. you know, you can jump that. He had a little bit more, like, acting chops in that sense where he could uh, – Kane was much more of a layered character mm-hmm. than Odog was. Like, it's easy as fuck to be angry and crazy. Like, I, f- I feel like they could have they swapped roles and it would have been a little bit better. Yeah. I just don't think – I don't think O'Dog would have been as iconic of a character. Yeah, but man. like those lines still hit, nigga. Like coming out of a hood, nigga, mouth. Like them lines still hit. Fuck that shit. I ain't letting that ride. They smoked <laughs> your motherfucking cousin in front of you, nigga. Like, how does that not? How, mm, I could have said it, nigga. You could have put. Look, send me back in time. I'll play O'Dog. I think that uh, one of the things that two of the things that happened in the movie that I really think carried over well like 
I think really hit well were um, Computer Love being played in the 5.0. I do believe that I do believe that him playing Computer Love set off a whole thing where niggas was like, I got to get a 5.0 and I got to get Zap. Like, those two things have to be back-to-back for me. But then when you hear it, like, hold on, this is the scene where uh, they actually, where he actually gets to Eilina and he pulls up on her. Uh, it's iconic to me. Like, I can't hear Computer Love without hearing this scene. Uh, where the fuck? Wait, no, hold on. Fuck that shit. Menace. Okay. Now. I just feel like that scene, like that nigga was, they were like, just feel the moment. Just feel the moment. You want a 5.0 with brand new Dayton's on it. Your haircut is nice and fresh. And computer love comes on the radio. Just feel the moment. That nigga just started bopping off beat as fuck. <laughs> and pull up to lock somebody in. That's no, I thing. feel like that might have been a white editor because they didn't know how to cut on the beat. Yeah. Like, catch him on the, that, that might have been a white editor that cut that scene. I hope that nigga had rhythm because his head was like this. <laughs> but him, one thing that did not age well is how we would attr- how we would approach young ladies that we wanted to talk to, boxing their car in, uh, hey, 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 let me talk to you real quick. You think you can box me in whenever I want? What's your name? Stick my head through the window. Um, your homeboy's hating on you. Stop trying to talk to that bitch. Yeah, all of that is still there. It did not. Yeah, yeah. It's still a fucking problem. Shouldn't right. be there, but it's there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I think a lot of it is just like a uh, a function of a lot of shit that still is here and shouldn't be here, but like in film and in fantasy, like the shit's funny. Like in real life, it's not. Like Old Dog is fucking amazing on film. Like I don't want to. I don't want to meet this nigga at Old Dog at thirty five. Like me and Old Dog can't hang out, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want shit Old Dog wants. I don't. I don't want to have nothing Old Dog desires in his life because exactly you ain't shooting me. Uh, but scenes like where Kane and Eileen's cousin were thrown down, scenes like that, O Dog is pretty much perfect, like this. The bitches know I float it, smooth as a fluid, dropping shit like a pigeon just to let you suckers know it's the trip that I. Hey, nigga, give up the car right now. Nigga looks scared in that part too. Get your ass scared straight. Nigga, I'm just tripping with you. Hey man, I ain't got time for this shit no more, right? 
What's wrong? Why you acting like a little hoe? Come here. Where you just coming from, see? Went to the pen to see Pernell, man. Oh, for real? That nigga get mad at you or what? Uh, he, he all right. Oh, cool. Get that boy out there. Hey, which one of y'all's came? Who is this fool, man? Who want to know? <laughs> a friend, homie. Oh, homie, I, hey, I don't think you know me. Hey, well, check this out. I'm Alina's cousin, partner. She don't like the way you've been dogging her, and I don't either. What? We, we, we supposed to fight over a bitch? I think you need to watch who you calling a bitch, partner. Yeah, and I think you better watch who the fuck you. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, 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 Now, here's the thing. Hear me out. Is Eileen's cousin the hero of this movie? He goes to defend his cousin's honor. The nigga just can't fight. But he's like, no, Yo. it's not that he can't fight. He, he, he did the stupidest thing you could possibly fucking do. You don't walk on somebody's turf talking big shit, looking for a nigga like by yourself. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, who does her- that? Went to defend her honor, though. Like, yo, you ain't going to be calling my cousin no bitch. And then got beat up. (laughs) And had to defend his own honor after that. But his his initial reasoning was honorable in that he was trying to protect his cousin who was being disrespected by this dude. And when when you're younger and you're watching it, you're like, oh, that nigga got his ass whooped. But really... He walked into a situation where he was hot-headed. His cousin was like, yo, this dude is straight up dissing me. She's probably talked to him about it like a party or something, a barbecue or something. Like, yo, this dude, he's on ducking my calls. He ain't answering me no more. Um, I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I either got to, like, abort this baby or I got to keep it. He ain't showing me no support at all. And he's like, yo, I'm going to take care of this shit. So he shows up and he's like, yo, I'm going to say this. I'm going to break it down like this. I'm be like, yo, you need to treat my cousin better, talk to her, maybe put the fear of God into this nigga. I don't know what this nigga look like. So if he's little, I'm going to scare the shit out of him. If he's bigger, I'm just going to talk to him real calm-like. But he's going to show my cousin respect. And then he pulls up, and he's like, yo, which one of y'all niggas is Kane? And first of all, how do you know where the nigga live at? What you mean? Both no, times. Yeah, say, well, okay. No, no, no. Both times. When he approaches Kane the first time, and when he right. shoots up Ronnie's house, how he know where that nigga gonna be at? Um, the first time I could get, cause if like the JDs is, if you know what's, what street somebody you live on in the JDs, yeah, you you okay, yeah, that's is they not it's not that hard to find. But the, the second, second time, time, yeah. That, I don't know what the fuck that was about. Like, well, I mean, even... also, Watts ain't that big. So, like, if you cruising and somebody stay right around the street from the JDs, like, and you cruising, it's not like you're not going to find them eventually. You might, it might take you a couple hours, nigga, but you're going to locate a nigga. That's why you go ride. Nigga, that backseat freestyle. <laughs> Strapped up, smoking, drinking, about to go ride on a nigga. Like, I, I, I get it. Get it. This to me uh, was probably next to 
Samuel L. Jackson's uh, scene, which we gonna get to. This to me might be the funniest scene in the entire fucking movie to me. Damn, man. Hey, man, this motherfucker on this TV whooping this boy ass. Man, I'm telling you, it's a good ass fight, man. This is like Kane beating your ass the other night, man. <laughs> yeah, nigga. Ooh, I bet you Kane won't be laughing after five, won't get a hold of this motherfucker's tape. You bet that shit, nigga. And that's two old head niggas in the neighborhood who just got beat up by a young head, so you can't really deal with it. And now you're like, yo, fuck that nigga. Nah, that nigga whooped your ass. Be real. Keep it 100. If this is you on TV, this you getting your ass whooped. That shit had me dying when I saw it the first time. That shit had me dying when I saw it the sixth time. And it got me dying today. That's it. Just, look, I, I, mm, there's so much about this fucking movie. I really wish they just would have made, like, this should have just been two movies. They should have had Samuel L. Jackson in it more, but they probably couldn't afford it. But that's what I'm saying. You give If you give him, like, 20 more minutes, like, 10 more minutes of screen time at the beginning of the movie, flesh that shit out about his pops getting killed, his mom, like, you know, like, actually fleshing it out instead of having to give a fucking narrative and then move on to the next scene because, I, you know, honestly, I don't think an hour and 36 minutes, this could have easily been two hours and, and told a good story. Instead, or two and a half and told a good story. Instead, you get Samuel L. Jackson's whole life story summed up in this oh, one Say, clip. Jack, lady here looks a little tired. <laughs> you know, I think Jack keeping up at night trying to knock the lining out that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm some dirty motherfuckers, man. Fuck that shit. Look here, man. Now that you've been out the joint about two weeks, don't you think it's about time you gave me my money? I told you I ain't had your money yet, man. Fuck you mean you ain't got my money yet? Motherfucker, everybody know you hid the money from that robbery before you went up there. I told you, motherfucker, I ain't got your money yet, man. What the fuck you mean you ain't got the money yet? Motherfucker, you best be coming up with my cash or else, you know what I'm saying? Fuck you, Jack. <laughs> fuck you think you is, man. Motherfucking Ron O'Neill or something? Talking about I better pay or else. <laughs> Yo, bitch, nigga. What you gonna do? What? What am I? What am I gonna do? Hey, hold up, Tad. Now get the fuck out the way. No, 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 no. Squeeze that shit, man. What, I'm supposed to be scared now because you got a pistol, motherfucker? I just spent five motherfucking years in the joint. I told you I'll pay your monkey ass when I feel like it. Suck my dick. Dad, 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 what the fuck, man? Fuck you tripping off of? You owe me some money, motherfucker. Hell no, but here you go. Yo, there's so many fucking quotables from this movie. I just, I be forgetting, like. <laughs> That's Ezel, nigga. Yeah. Ezel left that party. He became a straight crackhead. Yep. Um, 
I was Friday. See, again, the hood cinematic universe. Oh, my This should God. be a thing. This oh. should have been a thing. We should... I, I'm telling you, we need to write... We need to rewrite a bunch of these movies and put them all in the same universe. I love how just the... cast the same niggas. I love how the background music is. Only the strong survive. You gotta be a man <laughs> while he's setting up... Fuck you, bitch, nigga. Nigga, what? In my house? Nigga. And the red light again. Yeah. Yo, you ever notice how, like, everybody who get their ass severely beat or killed was, like, way the fuck out of pocket? Way. Way the fuck out of pocket. Like, everything was cool until you got way the fuck out of pocket. Not that it justifies, like, assault or murder, but you, you know, you didn't also prevent it. Even the dude at the uh, at the liquor store who was like, "I feel yeah. sorry for your mama, nigga. You brought yeah. that shit on yourself. Wait, you didn't think he'd hear you talking under your breath, and then yeah. he heard you, and it's it's time for you. it's time for a murder. Yeah, man. you can't you can't talk shit to a sociopath and think you're just gonna be okay. Like the it's only just, the, this the only innocent victim in this motherfucker is Harold. He's the only one when he got yeah. carjacked. He was the only yeah. one who was innocent in this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've driven around LA feeling like Harold. So no, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When that uh-uh. movie came out. Oh, but that's a that's a that's a reminder, right? You know how niggas be always like, oh, you know that's why I'm that's why I stay strapped, nigga. If somebody got their shit trained on you, nigga, you done. I don't give a fuck how strapped you are. You ain't got your shit trained on them, and they got their shit trained on you. You're a done deal. Telling that's niggas it. to get out the car like you about to handle business. That nigga got a shotgun pointed at you, nigga. You better get just get your ass out the motherfucking car. Exactly. I ain't going out like no nigga. You can go get another car. You can't go get another life. But but again, hindsight, nigga, because when you was young, you would have been acting hard too. Like nigga, this my motherfucking whip. Yeah, yeah. I'd have had I'd have had the the the, uh, the Kimber ready. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I already kept it. Like especially when I turned about nineteen twenty. And I have my little Impala, my little 2000 Impala nigga with the, with the, the Kimber 45, boy, like, oh, I'm sorry, let me behave. Um, <laughs> hi. Either they're endearing public. <laughs> <laughs> By and large, like I said, the movie is a absolute classic. It's got quotables out the ass. The soundtrack still slaps forever. Um, it's just that there's shit that didn't make sense to me and that's why i was saying in hindsight there's still a movie that i will watch but i'm laughing at like half of it the acting that tyron turner does the new head is pretty fucking bad the uh cut scenes like i said it makes it feel like a grand theft auto video game for the whole first half of the movie um fucking chauncey and all the niggas that he rolled with are literal comedy like i don't know if they meant for those niggas to be funny but every scene that they're in is like comedy gold nigga except for the part where he's talking about i i've had sex with your i like little girls that shit didn't age well but every other part is nothing but them cracking off jokes to one another when they out there on the block selling rocks they cracking jokes to one another the cheeseburger dude getting his ass whooped is supposed to be a joke like nigga you supposed to laugh at that shit it's just comedy and a bleak ass reality that was going on in '93. Because when I in 1993 yeah. out here, it was straight up, nigga. You don't go. There are certain places you don't go to, and if you mm-hmm. go there, you better be. You don't be alone. Don't be you alone. Have you could, pa- or have a pass. Uh, yep, you couldn't go to 29th Street. You could not. You don't go there. Not alone. Yeah. And if you go there, you better have a pass. You better have a reason to be in there. You don't go to Danger Island if you're from 29th Street. It was just a thing. 
The only thing was, our house was protected because my granny was beloved by every nigga in the hood. So when you look at it like that, I mean, in hindsight, this is still a classic. That does not mean that it is the best produced classic. It does not mean that it is the best movie in the world. It's just something that literally, if I'm if I'm scrolling through and I see on HBO Go, Menace Society is available on HBO Go and it's now streaming, even though I have it on Blu-ray, even though I have it on digital, if I saw it on HBO Go today, I would still sit down and watch it. And I, I won't watch it on BET though. No. This ruins my favorite part. Like Yeah, now the BET version was whitewashed like a motherfucker. Like that was some of the you acting like a real biscuit right now. <laughs> sucker. Nah, they just smoked your cousin. I was like, oh, are the same people we've been talking? <laughs> Hold on one second. I got this. Get the hell out of here, man. Get the hell out of here. We don't need that stuff. Dang. Get out of here. We don't need that stuff when he's cleaning off the windshield. I can't stand when they do that. Any of y'all got some snaps on the petrol? Who got Thank some you, snaps you on the petrol? My you broke as a mother, slinging all that stuff in the hood. You know, I ain't got no damn money. We'll get you damn, pump my gas. Peace. Get your ass up out the car. Get the hell out. Break yourself. Break yourself. Yo, get your sorry, stupid butt out the car. Get your sorry, stupid butt. <laughs> all right, chill. Can't get out the car, man. Ain't going under something. Don't make me rush you. Stop. Stop. Get up out of the car. All right. Yeah, that's right. Get out of the car. I'm coming. Yeah, I got you all right. Get your sorry stupid butt about the car now. Move. Move. Stop. You're dead. You're dead. It's so bad. (laughs) There's literally a whole YouTube video with nothing but the BEC. Is it okay? Is it okay if I play this whole thing with the TV edits? Is it is it cool? Can I do that, listeners? Because there's, there's a whole playlist of the minutes of the minutes edits for BET. Oh there's God. a whole playlist for it, like this. Oh look, that's can't hear I'm That's supposed to be two shorts voice. Hey, dog, you ready to put a hold on one of those young clowns? <laughs> oh, my God. I can literally uh-huh. watch the edits of this shit all day long. Oh, it don't get no better. The edits. Oh, you better watch you. Get your ass in the house. Mark Buster. Yeah. Cover. I ain't going nowhere, man. 
And you'd be a silly, stupid fool if you leave with this broad, man. Straight up. I ain't lying, man. I just love the voice. Mark, you Mark Trick Buster. I ain't lying, man. Sorry, Mark Trick Buster, if you leave, homeboy. I hey boy, you better not hey get your butt up out the car, you stupid silly sucker. That that looks Yo. like mother, like that's the mouth move they make for motherfuckers. Stupid oh, motherfucker. Man. Oh my god. But my back hurt now. Even worse. <laughs> I hate you. Oh god. Oh my whole body hurt. I fucking laughing so hard. I had to mute myself because I was fucking crying. <laughs> Like, yo, it is so bad for, like, no reason. Hold on. There's more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why are you doing this to me? I thought oh, we yeah. were friends. Hold on. Hold on. We got to do at least this one. Oh, yeah. What you say, baby? Yeah. Why don't you get jacked? I'm And the thing you want to do is get one of my Did I get the right yo, inflection? Yo, you know what? The other reason I'm like super grateful for this movie is that it gave the Wayne's Brothers something, some amazing fucking scenes to parody. Yeah, don't worry. We do Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the so, hood later on in this, in this uh, year. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Nigga. So, you know the preacher, right? Yep. From the movie, that was my debate coach, Lester Berry. He was a comedian on uh, Comic View, too. Oh, that's dope. You know yeah. what? I know that. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I remember the whole comic even now. No, I don't. And all them churches that they name is actually part of churches in Compton. Like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. I think he might have ad-libbed that one, too. Because that was way too goddamn good. I believe it. Yeah. Like I said, in hindsight, oh, this is something that everybody should watch. Just make sure you don't watch it on BET. Um, Thank you. Yo, when... Go ahead and do your shout outs first of all. Uh I shout. Uh hey, hi niggas. 
Shouts. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm tired, nigga. My back hurt now. My back was already hurting before this. You know, we were playing BT fucking edits. Nigga, that's pick like, yourself up, like stupid, silly sucker. Yo, that's like the, that's like, uh, that's like an instant fucking, you just be crying funeral tears at that point. You be laughing so fucking hard. Stupid, silly sucker. I can't. Oh my God, my back hurts. I hate you. I hate you. But yo, next movie on the list is uh, Boys in the Hood. And we'll be doing that one Fuck next that movie. week. So Fuck we'll that be, movie. So we'll be doing that one next week. Um, so again, thank y'all so much for checking us out. Um, Brandon already had to go take care of some business, but he, you know, him and me will see you next week. And Rick, hopefully we can get you on somewhere down the line so then we can do more of these together. Hey. All right. Be good. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.